Good morning, New City. How we doing? Golly, after that, y'all would be like ready to go through a wall or something. Beautiful stuff. Pete? Pete was in the cage, man. Daniel, love you, man. Thank you, guys. Seriously, beautiful stuff, guys. Thank y'all so much. Give them a hand one more time. I know that's, they don't do that for accolades. Keith, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. I know they don't do that for accolades or anything like that, but man, they deserve them for sure. Uh, it, it, that, that's, that's just great stuff. I love coming in and worshiping with people that just worship and lead us in worship, man. It, that, yeah, they're talented. Yeah, they do all those things, but man, it's just, uh, now we're, it's been kind of a goofy morning too. I don't know. We've all been sort of laughing and joking and that kind of thing. You know, uh, they were saying something about being a little off. I know nothing about music. So I say something stupid like, yeah, your G was so sharp at cutting, um, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, so I, again, I'm just trying to fit in with these wonderful people. Um, but guys, if I haven't met you, my name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors here at New City, and uh, man, welcome, to, welcome to New City Church. We are actually uh, kind of not renaming officially or anything like that, but in our, in our minds and our hearts, we're going to be calling ourselves New City Mission, and we are uh, missionaries, and that's kind of where we are. We're looking at what it looks like to reach uh, those folks uh, for Jesus, uh, to bring his kingdom, to wake his sheep up is our our focus. So a couple of things we are doing right now, I wanted to kind of give you a, a heads up, is um, we are actually starting a new city group. We haven't done a city group in a while. We kind of took some time off for the summer, let our teachers rest and that kind of thing. And I've had a lot of people itching to get back into a city group. So here's what I want to do. I want to uh, introduce our city group in at, starting on September 6th. We're going to meet here on, it's a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We've had some people that are saying, hey, well, can we get into some more studies? Can we do something during the week? That kind of thing. We're going to do that, and it is called the Introduction to Discipleship. Now, New City Church, New City Mission, has a particular way of discipling that I want to introduce to people uh, for a six-week period. And it's for some of us that have been in discipleship or in discipleship in other you know, cultures or whatever, in other circumstances, in other churches— um, this is an introduction where we'll tell you why we disciple, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in the service in the sermon today. We're going to talk about why we disciple, how we disciple, what the purpose is, and why it is so rare in our American church that people actually become disciples of Jesus Christ. I'll give you a little bit of a hint. They don't because it's hard. Amen. They don't because they're expected to actually be obedient to Jesus rather than being comforted in their sin. Right now, does that mean we condemn people? No. Does that mean we we look at people like, oh, you got to quit doing that crap, that kind of thing? Sometimes, but ultimately, it is never about punishing somebody. It's about restoring people to Jesus, and it, and and it's hard. Like it, like all of a sudden, people don't want to do that, and that's why churches are shying away from those kinds of things. Because frankly, if if people get angry, what do they do? They leave, yeah, they go, I'm going to another church that's going to make me feel more comfortable, right? Now, I'm going to go uh, into another group that's going to make me more comfortable, all those kinds of things. Guys, that is not New Testament discipleship. That is not Jesus' discipleship. That is not the Bible version of discipleship. What we tend to do is we tend to put people in a Bible study and call it discipleship, but that's not at all what it is, Amen. And so we're going to start doing those kinds, start looking at those kinds of things. And it's really introducing ourselves to see, because some people are like, I want to be in discipleship. And then when they find out what it's all about, they're like, ooh, that's kind of hard, right? <laughs> so, but I want to, like, it, it's great and it's wonderful. I've watched people transform lives 
in, like in an instant. I've seen marriages restored. I've seen people that have hold, held on to decades of forgiveness suddenly be free from that shackles of the unforgiveness. And they're able to hear the word of God and do great things with, with what, what the Lord has, has asked them to do. It's worth it. It's not just difficult. It is absolutely worth it when it's done the way the scriptures say. Amen? That's how we do it. That's how we roll here at New City. So we also, a couple of things we've got going on. Um, our, uh, you know, we have our, our Will It Be Us initiative that's going to be lasting for about, about two years. And we're asking the question, will it be us that answers the call to reach people for the Lord? And we are giving out these today, the car decal stickers. And what they're designed to do is to spark conversation and people to ask questions like, hey, what's that question mark about, right? Because it's a question mark. People are just going to ask questions automatically about it. And so when they look at it, then they, and you can say things like, hey, we're actually taking, an, you know, uh, however you want to say it. Here's what I don't want you to say. I don't want you to say, ah, it's just something our church is doing. Something we got our church, it's a church decal or anything like that. What a, but be honest about it. If you're going to put it on your sticker, be pre- or on your, on your car, if you be prepared to say, yeah, we're actually asking ourselves, are we going to reach people for, for Jesus? And are we going to answer the call that God has asked, or the question that God is asking, who will I send? Is that cool? Is that a deal? So we want to do that. Don't want to, wanted to, wanted to be a tool for us, not something that's going to be a deterrent to the Lord. So out of that comes a group of people led by Ed Garvin, who, by the way, pray for him. He is sick today. Uh, are, they are um, uh, just a, a group that call themselves about 10 people, 12 people now. I think it's up to 14 people of us called It Is Us. It is us, and I love that. And they are doing several things. One of the things that they are doing is a school supply drive for uh, for Edgerton Elementary. If you, uh, we're going to continue doing that through the end of the month. So if you got, to, by the way, do we have a slide for the school supply drive? Because um, there's some some specific things on there that they're they're asking for people to to bring. Uh, this is interesting. And one of the things I love about what this group did is they didn't just say let's do a school supply drive. And just fill up a bunch of backpacks and go dump a bunch of pack back backpacks on Edgerton Elementary. They said, hey, guys, what do you need? And they said something like underwear, which you would never think of as a school supply. Because guess what teachers have to do when a kid, you know, messes themselves or get, gets wet on the playground? or They have to pay for their underwear. Well, we can provide that. Uh, sweats and shorts for the same reason. Some, you know, boxes of Kleenex, which people don't really think about. But I love the fact that they're doing that. Also... They have started here at this church a clothing drive, right? Am I, now, correct me if I'm saying this, because this is the heart, this is Rebecca Boland's heart, right? And I love this. They are actually starting a clothing drive, make sure I've got this right, for kids in Kids City. Is that right? Or is it for, and the community, so it's anybody. Now, here's what we don't want you to do. I got 15 bags that I'm going to take to Goodwill. I'm going to go dump them at the church for the clothing drive. Don't do that, Okay. But if you have a coat that a kid may need, a coat that a, an adult may need, that we can help actually help them through that. We want to make sure we are got, we're not going to be a goodwill, but we are going to be somebody that has a clothing exchange. And so if somebody says, man, I really like that shirt, you're going to be like, take it. Isn't that cool? Amen? This is cool stuff that's going on here, man. This is what happens when we wake up and we say, hey, you know, I am going to, did I say everything right? Is it, did I say everything right? Anything to add? Anything to add? Nope. All right. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> it's great stuff. Great. Now, do you want people bringing a bunch of bags and stuff? Okay. All right. So bring your bags. Bring your bags. Awesome. Awesome. 
Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds good. And if we need to announce that we need to stop it, we can do that too, right? Like, hey. Oh, hangers is what we need. Right on. We need hangers. Awesome. Awesome. So very, very cool. So guys, uh, finally, uh, we do have a, um, a desire to get to know you and to know that you are known. So if you would please uh, sign on the clipboards and sign in for the day um, as we, are, we pray over, those, over each name that is on there. We get to know the names. And it's incredible how many times people said, oh, now I could put a name of the face because I've seen it so many times. And that's all the time I got. Amen. Everybody have a good day. No, I'm kidding. What? Told you it's a goofy day, man. So, Guys, we are going through this series, and we have come out of Will It Be Us series as we continue that initiative for the next couple of years. But we are calling uh, this series here called It Takes a City. And if you notice, there are lots of people doing different things, working and, and, and watching and that kind of thing. And so we want to kind of see, like, where do we as an individual fit into the body of believers? We're going to explore some of that today. And this series is kind of cool because it says, like, it's a perfect uh, follow-up to our Will It Be Us initiative that says uh, it's going to take all of us, not going to take one of us. One of the things that tends to happen in a church, and this is as we are, we've got a ton of new believers in our church. Like, a lot of people have never, some people have never been in church at all. Like, it's pretty incredible how many new new believers we have in our church. We also have a lot of people that um, that have been that haven't been in church for a long time or have had church hurts and so we try to in all those instances try to help people understand our role, our fit, where we go and what we do and why we make the decisions we make, why we organize the church so we organize it in a certain way and so we're doing to be exploring that a little bit today but last week we talked about that we must first before we do anything, before we engage a community before we go on mission before we do any of those things we must make jesus our lord now now when we people say yeah jesus is my lord and savior and that kind of thing and they sort of kind of kind of flow those in most people just see jesus as their savior which is awesome right we don't have to go to hell in fact we get to go to heaven but we want to make jesus our Lord, our boss, whatever he says is what we do, amen? This is important for us to understand that. So as we go on mission, Jesus must be our Lord. If not, we'll be on the wrong mission. We'll do things that sound great and sound churchy and sound spiritual and sound godly, but we may be on the wrong mission. It may be what, not what God wants us to to do so we all have to have this mentality and this approach and this posture that Jesus is Lord. Now we're going to learn today and talk a little bit about how we use our gifts for God's glory as well as how do we organize the church? How do we use God's gifts for his glory and how do we organize the church and get ready for that mission because if we've got all these people that are supposed to move here, we better start reaching the people here now and getting that stuff in place, amen, like we, and we have been. It's incredible what God has done already in two and a half years of being a church, but yet he's not done with us, and he's not done building his kingdom, amen. Finally, we want to talk about as we organize the church, as we're using our gifts, as we're on the right mission, as we have made Jesus our Lord, we want to go and reach the neighborhood for Jesus. Now these gifts and reach the neighborhood for Jesus. I don't want to go through that too quickly. 
<laughs> these gifts that we're talking about today are something called the apest. Everybody say apest. Not say you're being apest. This is apest. A-P-E-S-T. It stands for apostle. If you want to write those down too, you can. Prophet. Evangelist. Shepherd. And teacher. I'll share with you where this, this comes from. And I'm going to have everybody kind of take a test here in, in just a little bit. But if Ephesians 4.11 is where this comes from. I'm going to talk about this particular verse. I'm going to try to give you some characteristics of the different apests uh, that, that we'll talk about here in a sec. And then I'm going to talk about the, the scripture in context so we'll understand it a little bit more clearly. It says, and he, who's he, by the way? Jesus, yeah, God, exactly. Who's the say? Who is God in the flesh who came? Personally gave some to be apostles. Not everybody, right? Although we all have some of these giftings. But he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors or shepherds is where the S comes from. <laughs> it just makes more sense to, to say apest instead of apept. Um, and teachers. For, this is the reason, for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to do what? Build up the body of Christ, which is what, what we are. See, these gifts are to be used in the church. See, how many people say, I'm good with Jesus, but I don't need his church? Now, I said something a couple weeks ago that some people interpreted, if you don't go here, you're going to hell or something like that. That's not what I was saying at all. But here's the deal. Like, God has designed us to be with his people together on mission for him, with him, using these, all these different gifts that we'll talk about and explain here for his glory. If we try to do it solo and I'm wired only as an evangelist, we're going to go try to reach people and we're going to forget about the other gifts that the other people need to be reached. Does that make sense? So here's what we got. I'm going to go through the, this. And by the way, if you guys would take this survey, fivefoldsurvey.com, it is, <coughs> it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a 80-question survey. I'll get this out. I should have practiced this more. 80-question uh, survey. And what it will do is it will show you where you are leaning. Now, here's the interesting thing. As you grow in your ministry and as these different gifts grow, this is going to switch your rule a little bit. I was talking to Kyle C. Walson, who, by the way, kicked it today in leading worship, right? He's our, he's our student city, our youth pastor. And one of the things that he said before is that he was wired heavy as, a, I think you said, a teacher evangelist. Is that right? Evangelist teacher. But now all of a sudden his shepherd wiring has come up because he started having to take care of youth. You see how that works? It's like you step into something, all of a sudden you're, you're as, as God calls you into different things in ministry, all of a sudden your, your wiring is going to be different. So if you would take that, that survey and email it to apest at newcitychurch.com, apest at newcitychurch.com. If you would do that this week, this would help you and help me see where the giftings are in the church and therefore we can build our teams around that amen this is where we want to make sure because we want to be a balanced team so let me go into what uh, what each of these things are and some characteristics both positive and potentially negative or weaknesses that each of these these uh, giftings could have and then we'll go into the scriptures and talk through what the scriptures have to say about each of these see an apostle is one who is a dreamer 
one who is called a sent one. He loves, he or she loves new things. Like, oh, I'm on to this one, I'm on to this one, I'm on to Like, loves new things. Wants to be, see the church be all that it can be, that she can be, because it's the bride of Christ, right? Willing to try new things and take risks. Very creative, very courageous. There are some potential weaknesses that a, an apostle could have. An apostle uh, could, for love for new things, can mean abandoning the, abandoning the old simply because they're not new anymore, right? And that's not always a good thing. They are the least understood of all these apes. And one of the things that, if you're, if you're uh, somewhat immature in our apostolic gifting, you can think every idea is a good idea. Oh, that's a good one, that's a good one, that's a good one. Don't send an apes to a conference, right? They're going to come back and want to change the whole world, right? So all of a sudden, everything else has got to be done. No, I'm kidding. We can go. Uh, apostles can go to a conference. They can, like, follow through, and they can be considered bulldozers and, and hurt people's feelings without even knowing. It's like, we got to go there. we got to go. we got to go, right? That's what apostles can tend to be. Prophets, right? How many, uh, if you know your apes, Pete's, a, Pete's one of our prophets, right? He's the teller, the declarer. It's one of the reasons why I love to see him worship because he just wants things to be right, holy. He's a truth teller. Uh, to prophets, and this isn't necessarily Pete. Well, I think he says he is, but you're such a personal guy, it's hard to say. But tend to be introverts, right? Some potential weaknesses can, and by the way, introvert is not a weakness. You understand that, right? extroverts and introverts way you're wired where your thought that's not a weakness or a, i mean people understand that like being an being an extrovert is, is not a weakness these are the way god has wired us and these things are good all an introvert is is someone who likes to be alone and gets energy from that an extrovert is likes to be with people and gets energy from that those are both okay amen where was i thank you they can lack social perception i think of uh, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory just really doesn't have any idea. <laughs> like, that's offensive. I have no idea. Is that sarcasm? I have no idea. Uh, they may lack sensitivity. They may come across as harsh and have no idea that they have offended someone simply because they're, they're truth tellers and they want to make sure everything's, like, like everything's right and holy, right? That's a good thing. But, uh, you know, sometimes we, we go, oh, that hurt my feelings. And, oh, I didn't even know. So um, evangelists are the showing ones. And this is one of my higher giftings, if you will. Uh, you know, some people are like, I don't know if you have any gifts, pal, but um, they're the showing ones. They're the person who likes to pursue people. <clears throat> they love going to unchurched people. They're natural storytellers. They can bring any conversation back to Jesus. Man, you like that spaghetti? I sure do, but ain't nothing feels me like, like Jesus' Holy Spirit, man. You know, it's like, that's, yeah, that's right. The natural storytellers, right? Uh, they have some weaknesses. They can lack, lack depth. Yeah, that's you, Casey. They may find it hard to disciple people because they're so focused on winning souls, they don't think about the fact that now there's got to be somebody that needs to walk with these people, right? So they, they tend not to, not to be uh, a good disciple makers. But they, they can be, but they're, they're not, that can be a weakness. Uh, they can have a high level of frustration. Man, nobody comes to know Jesus today, right? I feel you. The shepherd is the caring one, the one who cares. Now, uh, I'm not necessarily wired as a shepherd. People think I am because I'm a hugger, right? But, uh, but it really does, this doesn't like excite me to give care to, to people. We will do it, but it's not my natural gifting, if that makes sense. So give, like giving, like a, a shepherd gives care boldly. It's like somebody needs something, boom, I'm showing up, right? 
That's what, they, that's what a, a shepherd does. They're a nurturer naturally. Uh, they take care of the needs of the flock. They have some general potential weaknesses that they can be easily burnt out because they see everybody who has needs and everybody who's a, like, and they want to just take care of everybody and they can potentially enable people that need to step up and pull themselves, right? They, they take some responsibility for some stuff. Finally, the teacher. The teacher is the explainer, and I have this gifting, although some people really might argue about that. Um, this is the explainer, someone who explains truth in ways people can understand them. It's kind of like Forrest Gump. Mama always said things in ways I could understand them, right? She was a teacher to Forrest. Love, love, they love to take deep truths and make them simple. Uh, they want to teach anyone and everyone uh, they boldly share truth and wisdom. Uh, some weaknesses is that they can talk too much. Why y'all look at me like that? What you say, Edgar? Man, he's not even sick, man. Leave a man alone. <laughs> they may assume that teaching equals learning. Well, I, you should know that. I taught it, right? And it takes some of us, like, the different ways. They can be also unteachable, and they need great feedback, which I hate about myself, but I'm always, hey, does that come across all right? Does it make sense? That kind of thing. And here's the deal when it comes to all these different things. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. And as we have all those things for the building up of the church, we can become, if we're not careful, too focused in one of these giftings. And that can leave a local church out of balance. Here's what tends to happen. A pastor, or in our culture, we have a leader of a church that is gifted in a certain way, and what they tend to do is they want to gather other people around them that are just like them because it's fun to be around them because they think like me and they look, they act like me and they laugh at the same stuff I do, right? But if we're not careful, we will we will become way too overbalanced. Like if we have a bunch of teachers and everybody's just going out teaching, 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 but nobody's caring for the flock. Nobody's actually reaching new people. Nobody's actually truth-telling as a prophet. Nobody's actually uh, like going and taking a city or a, or a particular thing. Then it can be way out of balance. All of a sudden, you, get, you become inwardly focused if we're not very careful. One of the things I love about being on staff with Pete Kerwin is that I'm a teacher evangelist. He's a, is it shepherd prophet or prophet shepherd? Prophet Shepherd. So he's, his primary gifting is Prophet Shepherd. And if you'll, you'll find yours out when you take that five-fold survey. His primary gift, gifting is Prophet Shepherd. Mine is Teacher Evangelist. And so potentially we could have like arguments and things like that if we're not careful, right? Because he's like God's gifted him, wired him to see things in a different way and to explain things in a way differently than I do. My focus or my, what I think about, what excites me could be different. What I love about being on staff is that there's, there's this genuine um, mutual submission to one another. Here, here's what happens. For example, we had uh, about four months ago, we started talking about the Will It Be Us initiative. And when I first talked about it, first things that, that I felt like God was just laying on me, man, Pete's like, oh, man. Like he's, like he's looking around. I'm going, I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. What are you talking about? And so he's, he's like, Michael, he starts, starts asking these questions. You can see him spinning. I mean, he does this whenever we start talking about something new. He starts spinning, 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 and I love it, right? And so he starts asking questions. He goes, man, should we call it, will it be him? Because it's all about him. See how the 
truth teller wants to make everything right and holy and it's got to be the right focus and so we had to work through some of those things and I said man that's actually really cool because we've got to make sure that everybody understands it's all about him we're simply answering the question so we were able to work through those things over time and and now it's like 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 rather than uh, him not asking me questions and going forward with me man we were able to do those kinds of things together over a period of time and then into go into this launch this initiative together amen see how that works if we're not careful, we can become uh, isolated in our gifting. But, but man, that's something that as we mutually submit, submitting to one another in love, understanding that there are different giftings in the, in the, in the church, um, man, it just like it makes the church just flow, right? It builds up the church. If we're not careful, an evangelist can say, hey, I'm the only one ever going to talking to anybody about Jesus. A shepherd can turn around and say, I'm the only one that's ever going to take care of anybody. How come nobody else does? Because we become isolated and think our gifting is somehow better than the other giftings if we're not careful. Teachers are the worst. Who said amen? <laughs> Teachers can be the worst. They think they could get up on a stage or sit in a classroom or in a small group and start teaching the Word of God and think they've done something. They ain't done jack, except giving somebody knowledge, which is important. But if there are not other apes, other giftings to take care of the people as well, we've only become a small part. Amen? We must help others develop their own gifting. See, one of the things that I love is that Pete doesn't just sit there and, and be a prophet in his own right. He doesn't sit there alone. He actually takes other people with him and worships and prophecies. I just, it's awesome. Kyle's the same way, right? I just I, like, like I love our staff, and I love what we do. We just tend to, tend to take other people with us. I'm teaching other people to teach, man. That's what, it, what we have to do. See, so we must be thankful for the gifting that God has given. So let's start in Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1. <laughs> and we'll move on from there. Therefore, therefore, whenever I hear therefore, I've got to go back one, several actually. Because there's something, how's it go? There's a reason it was therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? Exactly right. It's like you say, that's what it is. I'm going to use that in the next two services. So therefore, coming back a few verses, because everything we read is in context of all the other verses, right? Like we can't just take one scripture out of context and think we know what it means, because we've got to understand what it says in context of all the other, especially the verses around it. And in, verse, in chapter 3, starting in verse 17, Paul saying to the church in Ephesus, I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in Love. We talked about that last week. The greatest of all, the greatest of all the commandments: love God with everything you have, love your neighbor as yourself. By the way, it's the same message over and over throughout the scriptures. I don't repeat myself; God does. So that's the way that that goes. That established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love. And to know that the Messiah's gift, the Messiah's love, that's, and, and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge, so you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And everybody said, Ephesians 4. 
Therefore, I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love. Now, he doesn't say accepting everybody's sin and accepting everybody, no matter what you believe, it doesn't really matter, but accepting everybody in love, helping them get to where God wants them to go diligently, keeping the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. I love that. Man, now this is one of the more controversial passages that I'm going to talk about here in a second because a lot of people have taken this next, next few verses and said that Jesus went into hell or went into the demonic realm and that kind of thing. And it doesn't say that at all, not based on what the scriptures I see and not in context at all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of the Messiah's gift for it says and he's going to be recording psalms here psalm 38 18 when he ascended on high he took prisoners into captivity he gave gifts to people now the enemy and here's what the thing i want us to be thinking about we can i might be wrong on that as far as jesus going into the demonic realm and that kind of thing but ultimately if we're not careful we can debate those kinds of things and and miss what jesus actually has to say in his word amen like I can debate about the, the initial, the, what the actual group, whether it's a passive or a verb or whatever. You know, you know all the stuff like that. Kyle, he's an English teacher. I'm screwing that up. I'm, he's just squirming too, boy. He's like, man, you said it all wrong. But some love, man, humility, right? I just preached about it. But here's, I'm sorry. It's been a fun day. But the thing is, if we're not careful, guys, man, we, we, can, we can get so focused in in, in arguing about or debating about all the historical background and the orientation and the original Greek and the first century culture that we actually miss what Jesus says in his word. Don't ever do that. See, I think the enemy is happy with talking about Jesus as long as we don't obey him. But what does he ascended mean except that he descended to the lower parts of the earth? I believe, based on context, is that we're talking about coming from heaven. John 1, he, uh, he, uh, like the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, right? The one who descended is also one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he personally gave some to be apostles. See how this works when you read it in context? Man, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and some teachers for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ, which is what we are. Until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Notice that maturity is measured by Jesus, not by the world. Amen. Like, they, oh, man, sure, that person sure is a churchgoer. They sure seem to know a whole lot about uh, the Bible, and they sure seem to have a lot of uh, degrees in theology. In fact, they, I heard that they have more degrees than a thermometer. Man, that's really, really cool. But that's the world's stature, not Jesus' stature. Until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness, then... 
We will no longer be little children. He's talking about maturity here, spiritual maturity. Tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. By human cunning and cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But, everybody say but. But speaking the truth in love. Let us grow in every way into him who is the head from him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, every apest, right? All of us part of that body promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Wow. Be careful, guys, that we don't use our gifting simply to make a name for ourselves. It is to make him known. How does this tie into the Great Commission? How does this, like if you look at what the Great Commission has to say, like I, I just am fascinated by the fact that Scripture over and over and over tends to just repeat itself. But look at this. If you look at Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. <coughs> Jesus says before he ascends ascends to heaven, he he gives us what discipleship is. And he said, go. Which is what an apostle does. You guys have that? Go, which is what an apostle does. If you don't, that's cool. Go, which is what an apostle does. Make disciples. Baptizing them, which is what an evangelist does. Teaching them, which is what a teacher does, to obey everything I have commanded, which is what a prophet is able to help understand. And I am with you always to the very end of the age as a shepherd. Our giftings, guys, every one of the giftings that we're talking about today is in us if Christ is in us. The only one in all of history to have them fully and completely and perfectly in all the different realms was Jesus and is Jesus. And if he's in us, then we're going to have some of that. Now, just because I'm not wired as an evangelist doesn't mean I can't go and talk to people about Jesus. There's no excuse, right? Just because I'm not wired as a teacher doesn't mean I can't teach people to obey. The Great Commission did not say unless you're really more of just a prophet, you can do all this other stuff. Unless you're more of a shepherd, then say, we have got to go reach people, make disciples of people, his people, using all the gifts together as a body of believers. That's why it's important to be part of a body. And please understand, please understand, teachers aren't really teachers until they're teaching teachers to teach. Bring people along with you when you're gifting. Evangelists aren't really evangelists until they help evangelists to evangelize. Prophets aren't really prophets until they're helping other prophets to prophesy. Correct. (coughs) Shepherds are not shepherds until they help other shepherds to shepherd. And apostles are not really apostles until they help other apostles to apostolize. Help me, Kyle. Apostolate whatever you apostles do. Just do what you do, man. Together, 
we can do this and reach our people with our giftings together, unified, submitting, humble in love. Teaching, going and getting people as an apostle, prophesying the truth, evangelizing the lost, shepherding the needs, and teaching the word. Amen. Father, we love you, and we thank you more than we can tell you for the gifts that you have given. We joke a lot about having no gifts or anything like that, or not being gifted at all. But Lord, you have perfectly given us gifts. And you give them abundantly, Lord, in a lot of ways. Father, may we, as we take the test today, may we, Lord, this week, and send these in, may you show us what we do now. Like, how do we organize our church? Do we need to do anything different? Do we need to add somebody? Do we need to, Lord, Father, we just love you. May you guide us as we use the gifts to your glory, for your purpose, for your kingdom. In your son's name, amazing name that we pray. Everybody now said.